Okay, uh, we're back. We're back. <laughs> we're so back. So back. We're Lions so back. Back. Lions Two back. One. Jack and Tom in the stew. Mm-hmm. Back. The Eagles. Back. Back. Vermont. Back. Definitely back. Slam T1D. Totally back. Totally back. Landon Urgaitis. He's back. He's back. Everyone's back. And we're back with the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pipe It Up podcast, the official podcast of MLW Wiffle Ball. Mm. Jack's in the house today. Back in the stew. Back in the stew. Uh, Going to talk a lot about uh, the mini MLB series today. Uh, it was a good, good video, good series. I mentioned it a month ago how it was an exciting, special event. I think I hit it on the head there. Such a I'd cool, say. such a cool venue. I mean, we've talked about it obviously last year, mm-hmm. but um, this year we were able. It was, it was more of of an actual event and not just a, a video yeah. being filmed. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? So, yes, last year, due to scheduling conflicts, we had the Wiffle and the Mitten the same weekend as their Slam T1D charity tournament they do once a year. Um, it used to be, there's always been a Wiffle Ball tournament run by a charity at that facility. Before, it was a foundation called the Travis Roy Foundation, and then Slam T1D, I think, purchased and now owns and operates that complex of fields. I think I want to say this is their only well, their second year. I want to say mm-hmm. second or third year. I think Slam T One D has always had an event there, but they didn't actually own and operate the fields. And now they do. So, okay. anyways, they wanted us there last year in 2022 for their charity tournament. Didn't work out with our schedules. We still wanted to go, and they were still okay with us coming. So we did our thing totally private, uh, under wraps, sort of. It was, it was still cool. You know, it was cool to see it, and like it being private, it felt very nostalgic and felt like we were back at home still, and we got to really like appreciate the elements. I think a little bit more. Mm-hmm. This year was a big, you know, flip the switch type thing where it was much different. A lot of people, a lot of noise, a lot going on besides just our games. So we did. We played our games coinciding with the Slam T1D tournament. So that tournament, I want to say, was 16 teams. Um, there's more than that that apply. They only pick 16, I think. Oh, wow. And each team's goal, big rosters. It's like you can have up to like 20 people on your team or something like that. We had like 15 on our MLW squad. But basically your goal is to go there, support the charity, have fun, play some games, raise money. So teams are ranked and graded and actually advanced through the tournament based on both their wins as well as money raised. So both okay. those play a factor in it. And uh as we showed in the video. And so what are the how are you actually going out and raising the money? So people do it just via their own platforms. People got like I said, there's probably twenty people on a team. Yeah. So people that are adults are on Facebook, you know, asking people to donate and just raise money for the cause. People at work, people they know from whatever they do in their personal lives. Of course we have our MLW platform. Yep. So we raised a couple thousand dollars as well. But there is one team every year that like just kills like on the on the money side of things. I think this year they did over fifty thousand dollars again. Wow, so crazy! And how how are they? I don't know. I don't, I don't know all that? the details, but they probably don't give away their secrets. Yeah, not giving away their <laughs> secrets, but some definitely some big donors in there. And uh, so yeah, pretty special to be there. So we got there on Friday and played one game Friday, two games Saturday, and their tournament also goes on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So. Oh, wow. The tournament's played on all three of those fields that we played on, too. It's like four or five inning games, nine people on the field at a time, just slow, medium pitch, slow pitch. You know, there's no, like, it's very much MLW circa 2020. There's no hard <laughs> speed limit, but it's like, don't blow yeah. by people type thing. Yeah. But some people were pushing it, man. I'll be, <laughs> some people were kind of gassing it. I pitched first, 
and I was really like lofting it in there. And I was asking the umpire, I was like, am I good? Am I good? Like, yeah, yeah. And then people got out there against us and they were chucking it. I was like, this was a a charity tournament, guys. What are we doing here? But it was a very fun tournament to play in. I'll be honest, the MLW boys, we didn't hit that good. Really? I had a couple bombs, um, but I think I had... speed switch up got you. That and it was dark for some of our games. Um, You know, like I said, you're hitting... So you were playing Friday night? We played... And then Saturday morning? So the MLW schedule was we played Friday at like 5.30 at Little Fenway. And then Saturday we played, this is for the MLW movie, League. Or the yeah, MLW movie, League. Movie. MLW League. Yeah, the video. For the MLW video you guys all saw. It was 5.30 Friday at Little Fenway. And then I think Saturday was 5 or 6 p.m. on Little Wrigley. And it was supposed to be like 7.30 or 8 p.m. on Field of Dreams. But it got pushed back a solid hour, hour and a half because of how bad and nasty the weather was. Some pretty cool, we, we've had, pretty yeah, cool did, shots in the video, cool. though. It did look cool. Um, With I the was lightning. So, I was so focused on the gameplay. I, of course, I noticed the lightning, but I didn't realize how. I was surprised you didn't you didn't have a, a call. Stuff. Yeah, I was waiting for a for a call about the lightning because it was so it it was so picturesque over it the. It was. The I was just stressed porn. about getting the games done. And right. Like, they had a grounds crew guy there who I could tell was like anxious for us to get off so we can cover it up because you know those fields are they're awesome as you can yeah, see. Yeah, they are. And playing on it like it's not like they're. It's not like it's MLB grade turf that has a great um, drainage system and stuff like that. We can get into that right now, honestly, the drainage. Did you notice, Jack, my shoes at the end of the video or no? Uh, I noticed just everyone's shoes were just like so muddy. What a mistake, man. So I wore like a dummy because I think it was also kind of wet last year. I just didn't remember, didn't think about it. But I had just cleaned, got them whitened up with my OxyClean (laughs) here in the laundry machine. I had my NMDs, white shoes white mesh shoes you know just yeah. like nothing it's like wearing socks and day one i'm out there at little fenway and i'm like oh like because it is the fields are a little bit raised and then a lot behind the benches like behind the foul lines and then behind home plate it's it kind of does cave down into a valley but there's no like real drainage system mm-hmm. so it's just kind of sitting water mm-hmm. so i was kind of sloshing around a little bit on night one and i'm like this is not ideal but oh well like i'll just clean my shoes again well then the second day oh my gosh because of the rain dude <laughs> Mr. Schultz tried to help me, but like every foul ball, I had to move and get the ball and stuff like that. When I'd say like I was standing in in mud and water, like my, <laughs> I was underwater, my feet just submerged, and I was like, "This stinks." So everyone else was muddy too, of course. They had yeah. cleats on. I didn't have cleats or other shoes. I brought one pair of shoes in the trip. That was the oh, <laughs> so dude. So Saturday night comes along to Sunday. We're flying home Sunday, and I was like, "I can't go to the airport." And these like these are disgusting. They've been yeah. soaking wet for two days straight now. They're completely brown like these were white <laughs> shoes like they're awful so i went to i dragged liam in the morning i knew liam would be awake because he said he was an early riser kind of so i think we were leaving the hotel around 8 30 or 9 and i texted liam at like 7 30 i was like yo you up i'm going to walmart so i went to walmart and i uh got myself a nice 18 dollar pair of shoes great. honestly they're great shoes great. i don't Classic. i don't dislike them that'll at be all. great for a few weeks probably probably but yeah. i i took them up north with me and I left them up there. Like, I was up north shoes. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So now perfect. I got a pair yeah. of shoes. I only They're there when you need them. Yeah, if I got to go work out up there, I got so, a pair of tennis shoes. So are your, your other ones um, that got devastated, are they are they going to be in use again, or are those straight to the trash can? I tried to recover them. I'm, I'm, I do pride myself on taking care of my shoes, and I'm pretty good at making white shoes look brand new again. They look remarkable. Like, it turned out better than I thought they would, really? but there's still evidence of some damage. Mm. But, like, I wore them... Uh, I went on a trip with my friends a couple weeks ago, 
And I brought them there. I was like, maybe we'll go work out in the morning. Who knows? And we did. And I wore them out. And, like, no one was like, oh, your shoes are nasty. Like, you can't, like, notice unless you're looking type. All right. Very good. Very good. Pretty good at it, guys. OxyClean. Well. Magic erasers and OxyClean powder. Put your shoes in the washing machine. You'll save yourself a lot of money. It seems like uh, they like having us out there as well. And so I would imagine that going back out to uh, that venue next year would be in the plans. Yeah. So for all all you MLW players listening, remember to bring some extra pairs of shoes. Yes, wear boots. I'll be wear wearing boots. boots next year. Um, and uh, a little bit of a spoiler. I don't know if it's a spoiler. Hopefully it's not a secret. Um, mm. But I'll, I'll leave I hope it here. is. I hope it is. I hope it is. A um, they are building. It's the the ground is in the process of being leveled right now, and there's the areas allocated a off. mini comerica park a mini yankee stadium <laughs> is going to be the fourth field so that's, that's awesome that's gonna be a cool i don't what do we eliminate though is the question for next year mm. it's tough Ooh, this is a this is a great i don't know what, prompt gun to your head i mean just due to the drainage alone i'd probably eliminate little wrigley because my feet got so wet but <laughs> fenway is cool Really cool. They're all cool, dude. They're all new. Yeah. Field of Dreams is really cool because that's real corn. That's not. Mm-hmm. Those aren't props. Like that is real corn out there that they take from a real cornfield a few days prior and actually move it and replant it so it's alive and well for those that tournament and then after that it'll die. Of course. Yeah. But that's pretty cool. I, I think it'd be hard to keep. It'd be hard to take that. Got to keep the Field of Dreams. Yeah. You got to keep the Field of Dreams. I feel like the uh, the detail in the the vineage with the Wrigley yeah, is yeah. just like. Yeah, it's so the cool. Ivy. I'd probably yeah the Ivy. So you take out Fenway. I think I might take out Fenway. We have played at a lot of Fenway esque fields before. Yeah, we played twice there now and then twice in Oklahoma, all Fenway replicas. So right, it's not the worst call, I guess. But it's a tough. I'm also tough not decision. a big, big like baseball buff, so that might make make a lot of people mad. Boston Fenway Park is an actual like museum, Jack. I'm yeah. not joking. It's categorized. I have been to a, a game museum. there. Have you? That's yeah. more than I've done. I've, yeah. I've toured the stadium, and mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much of a historical place it was until I was there. I always just thought it was cool because the Green Monster as a kid. There's a very cool stadium. Go, it's yeah. like a historical museum. Like it's categorized by the city and as the state as a museum. I see. I think that's really cool, and I think that's what makes a lot of stadiums awesome that and baseball has that now more so than other sports where they still have a lot of these historic stadiums like detroit got rid of um the palace of auburn hills and Uh, the joe lewis arena Mm -hmm. and now we have a little little caesars arena where the pistons and the red wings play but um like my wife and i went down to little caesars arena and it's like it's so impressive and so modern but you almost want your stadium to have like little grit. You almost like want your like stadium, stadium to be have a little, little rough around the edges, yeah. to be honest. You but, need a little chip on the well, stadium shoulder. I think it's different where you're at because like LA, it makes sense to have SoFi and this like elaborate, nice yeah. thing. It's LA. Mm-hmm. When you're in Detroit, yeah, like Ford Field, it's, it's, it's like, a little rough around it's the edges. Too but nice. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> which, which sounds so backwards, but like uh-huh. it, it really is like out of place yeah. with, with what else, you know, everything else around it. Yeah, I know, but it'll, it'll age. It'll become that it will. one day probably. It will, yeah. Yeah, Ford Field, like the, just like the font, this is Ford Field where the Lions play, guys, so this is where our, our Detroit Lions play. Shut mm-hmm. up. Two and one, baby. Two, Two and one. Big win, big We're win. back, so back. But yeah, I think it fits the city because it's, it's not the hugest stadium in the NFL. Yeah. It's not the best looking from the outside. I feel like the fonts and whatnot are very, like, outdated. Like, it looks yeah. very 2000s. So it's but like I, probably I like the it. most standard dome 
stadium yeah. that you could make. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So, and we love it. Yeah. But anyway, the, what I was saying is, so Fenway's a museum, like I said, right? So right. my tour guide, I think, said they they can't take it down because oh, it's a museum. Yeah. They, it can't be torn down. Good. So yeah. that's like, that's <laughs> it's, awesome. It's, it's not going anywhere. Good. Anytime soon. And I don't think they can even take, I think they've definitely renovated it. She mentioned what's been renovated, what hasn't, but overall, it's pretty original, I yeah. think. I think the more we can have of that in sports, the better. I mean, it's well, at some point, though, it's probably a safety concern, Jack. You don't want people falling through. Don't, don't come there. Sign a waiver. <laughs> sign a waiver? Could you imagine? Sign a waiver. Could you imagine? Buy the ticket, you also sign the waiver. Yeah. If the seat happens to break underneath you, we are not liable. I'd still go to the game. I'd go. It's a risk you're willing to take at I this would, point? I would take that I'm in risk. pretty good health, but I'd be less likely to take my grandparents, per se, to a game. I mean, I feel like it would be more risky to go on like any sort of rickety roller coaster that's still in existence. That's and, why I don't and like those roller are, coasters. Yeah, but those are those are still around. There's too many people getting hurt at amusement parks. No, roller coasters, okay, big, big, yeah, big uh, theme parks. I'm okay there, but like the carnival that just is moving around on a trailer. Oh yeah, no, I'm the not, walking death traps. Yeah, I'm not going the portable on those. death traps. <laughs> any of them? You don't want those when you see the carnival going on the freeway, just bouncing around. It's mean, like it's got to be so unsafe. You mean the one that the person getting paid twelve dollars an hour set up twenty minutes ago? You don't want to go well, on that ride? This is no joke, Jack. There was someone that got. <laughs> there's a traumatizing video out there that I saw a couple of years ago. Oh, there's there's tons of them. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. I'm Good. I'm saying that's that those things are horrifying. If I go to a carnival, I'm going for a turkey leg, and maybe a funnel cake. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going on any rides. I'd rather give away my money to some rigged game than yeah. to get on one of these sketchy Ferris mm-hmm. wheel looking things where yeah. you're rotating let me, as you're let going. Let me try to uh, chuck a ring onto yeah. a, you know, a glass that. bottle Just and to say waste $20 doing that and not win the stuffed animal. I will say I've won the rigged basketball games a few times where the rim is like the size of the ball. Mm-hmm. I've hit a couple of those. You just it's, you got to get it perfect. But my jump shot used to be really good. Where now the rim, now where I the, have no chance. Where the rim is like a legit oval. Yeah, and the and the, and the <laughs> you yeah. gotta try to fit this circle in it. All right, should we let Landon in? Landon, join the call here. Oh yeah, this is a wiffle ball podcast. Yeah, after it is. all, we, we sometimes we get a little. <laughs> I typed up so many nice notes today too about the series, and here we are talking about carnivals. Yep. But let's see what right Mister Landon, right on your guidance. Landon was kind of the star of the show out there in uh, in Vermont. What's up, Landon? Oh, thank you for having me, Tom. I appreciate it. Not a problem. Jack and I really haven't even gotten into the series yet too much. We're talking about uh, Carnival Death Traps. Yep. But anyways, um, congratulations on the series win landing. Congratulations to a strong finish on the year. Um, I guess I will steal a little bit of the thunder I was going to get to in a moment. We got to game two, but landing your guidance, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, What was the injury in the offseason? Describe it in detail. How did it happen? What was it? What was the recovery process like? So I screwed it up about two years ago playing freshman baseball. Uh, it was the sesamoid bone in my toe, so it's kind of right under your big toe. It's just big that toe. ball of your foot. Big toe, ball of your foot. There's a bone in there? Yeah, and uh, I broke it into three pieces, and mm. then that being broke caused my big toe to bend kind of the other way too. Oh. So it's kind of just the whole process down there, and it was all screwed up for like two years. So I needed to get the surgery on it for a while. I tried physical therapy and other recovery to try to fix it, and it didn't work. Tried to get surgery um, last, I think it was April. Last April, or maybe May, I got surgery. Well, Somewhere April, in there, April of this about, year, right? Like a couple huh? months ago, or this this was a couple months ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, gotcha. And it was, it was I'd say, I think it was like a two- or three-month full-time recovery. Okay. 
But now you're, you're, how's, how's that big toe feeling now? Um, still stiff, but it's pretty. It feels a lot better than it used to. I'll tell you that much. That's good. That's good. Well, what I was saying. So you've been back now. I think you've played in two series. You started five games, played in six, and very quietly. I shouldn't even say quietly. I've, I've noticed, but mm-hmm. he's rocking a 500 average, folks. Four for eight in those six games. You were three for five out in Vermont. Five RBIs, including that game two home run. Uh, was it like riding a bike for you? I mean, how do you come in and just start dominating so quickly? Uh, I have a pitching machine. Do you? Personal pitcher. Yeah, the personal pitcher pitching machine. Is that Carson your guidance or is this an actual machine machine? <laughs> a- actual machine machine. Carson can't even throw strikes, so I have to <laughs> use a machine. Gotcha. Cool. But um, So right once I got off the crutches, you know, it was just time to get back to work. I had to get back to hitting in my yard. and I just use a machine pretty much. What, what do you think was your... Uh your typical average week hour wise putting in work on that machine. I'd probably hit do hitting sessions like three to four days a week. And Jeez. go on for maybe no an hour or two, some of them. Makes sense. Makes us young man's game. Young man's, young man's game. game. Um, I mean, I was just bored. I had like nothing to do back from surgery. I was working like once or twice a week at a better made chips. So yep. I had nothing to do. So I just hit off my pitching machine. Better made chips. I used to work be a big at better, better made, made guy. Chips. What do you do at better made chips? Oh, uh, I packaged orders and sorted out boxes. It was real fun. What's your favorite chip flavor? Uh, it's not really a chip, but the white cheddar popcorn. Mm. It's my smart favorite. food. That's a better. Is that right? The smart. Food. Is it smart is food? Called? Is that what it's called? Am I wrong? No, it's just no. That's just not better, better made. made. Better made brand. Oh, white so, cheddar so popcorn I just I just knocked off. I just uh, listed off a competitor. Yeah, that's what I did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Come on, My Tom, apologies. To better made. Well, hey, if someone wants to send a check, I'll cut one of those two words out. But I don't think that's going to happen in the next twelve hours. So we're leaving them both in. <laughs> For the record, we would love better made to sponsor this podcast. Would, who do I? Who do you know? Is your uncle who works at the plant? Uh, it's my friend's grandpa. Mm. He like friends, grandpa. Well, he's got to get us to marketing. We got to make this happen. Yeah. I used to be a big better made guy. Not saying I'm not anymore, but I feel like now I'm, I don't buy chips. So yeah, I try not. I to. could be swayed either way. Yeah. I mean, if we were sponsored and had chips laying around, yeah, I'd probably I, eat them a lot more. If I had a bag sitting next to me that was comped, I'd probably be eating some chips <laughs> right now. <laughs> but you know, you know how it goes. But uh, yeah, congratulations again on the success. I feel like the Eagles are kind of putting the pieces together right now a little bit. Yeah. Let's get into game one. Um, as I said, I wrote some notes down. Might as well use them a little bit, right, Jack? Instead of just us yammering for an hour. Might as well. Might as well. Um, so, yes, game one at Little Fenway, as I mentioned, we did start there. It made the most sense with the tournament, as Jack, you were talking about before. Um, that's kind of like the main action. Like, they have the tent there. They have the guy on the microphone there. All the food is by yeah, Little Fenway. Crowded. Right when you walk in, it's Fenway. And then mm-hmm. the other two fields are tucked behind. Gotcha. It, it was kind of cool how Kyle put that tarp shot into the fields during the rain delay. Because it kind of gives you a perspective as to what it actually looks like. Yeah, it did. So it those helped. two are behind. Like you walk in and it's Fenway, and then those two are behind it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So started there. We had a live national anthem for the first time, I think, in MLW history. That was kind of cool. It's amazing. Almost, almost Nick Sirianni'd myself. Watch, did you? Watch the video. <laughs> you almost shed a tear. Yeah. <laughs> I think I almost did. It was funny because it. I think it was me filming, but there was a couple shots. Um, not to make fun of the event or anything, but there was a couple shots where. It sounded like whoever was filming was like tearing up a little bit, and I, I wasn't crying. I mean, I was definitely like it was definitely an emotional moment. The entire event and hearing him talk and seeing everybody out there with yeah. type 1 diabetes. But I don't know if it was the way I was touching the camera or something. But it was funny. It sounded like someone was crying. But anyways, um, game one pitching duel. We did go to four innings, knotted up at zero. It was Dallas versus Kyle. Both threw pretty well. 
Dallas had a lot of walks, surprisingly. He's not usually mm-hmm. like him, but that's a tough pitching environment. We saw Barron, who was money last year, also struggle at that field too. At yeah. Dinner, because our actual pitcher's plate is placed like eight or nine feet behind where they have their actual built-in mound. So you're kind of like stepping uphill on the mm. fields. It's, I don't know if you can tell, but. Huh. That's actually interesting because I feel like this series more more than others, I there were a lot of missed pitches up. Like high, a lot of walks because yeah, you're, yeah. You're, so you're striding uphill a little bit, um, uneven surface for sure, and of you're throwing on actual dirt, so the ball's getting worn out and cracked and filled with mud. It was wet, so just mud and dust and everything. Not easy throwing strikes there for sure. Yeah, definitely noticed. Dallas had six walks in that first game. Um, Kyle threw pretty accurately, but a lot of the balls in playoff. Kyle, yeah, I was taking a tally. I think there was nine or ten balls that were actually put into play by the Eagles' offense in those four innings. There was crazy. a ton, and yeah. not only in this game, but uh, at the other fields too. There were a lot of like very, you know, at the Meadows, they probably would have been foul balls, but they were, you know, they were helped. Field. They were yeah. helped in, but they also they also kind of rode yeah, the base yeah, path. Yeah. You know With what I mean path, to stay in. Yeah, it was a little, and it just, made it it made some little bit concave to where balls were falling back into the line. Yeah, there was a couple of plays. There was a play where Nick Saylor totally should have grabbed the ball before it went back fair, and he like watched it. I don't know what he was doing, but yeah, he could have hit it. Right? Yeah, he could have just touched okay. it. It would have been foul ball. But yeah. Anyways. Um, so yeah, Dallas kind of stole the show. I think pitched pretty well through a shutout three for four at the plate walk off single. I think um, Dan honestly had the play of the game. Like Dallas ended up getting the walk off hit, but uh-huh. game one was when Dan threw out, uh, yeah, that was big. Kyle at home, right? That was big. That was a, that's a tough throw to make. And he, he was composed there and it is, he the, looked like he'd done that a million times. That backstops a lot smaller than what we have at home. That travel backstop we have was a tough throw to make, and it was an awkward angle, like you said. Yeah. And he had the runner going right in his throwing path. Kyle did push it. You know, when I saw him going, I'm like, that's probably a little bit ambitious, but I'm not sure it was the wrong move, to be honest. In a 0-0 game, why not test the I think they on? make that throw, you you tip your cap, but yeah. that's a tough throw to make. I mean, like I said, I think Dan uh, subtly making a case for MVP in that game because that's a game-changing play right there. Mm-hmm. Landon, what was your first impression of playing at Little Fenway? What'd you think of the field and I guess the fields too, but uh I mean all the fields were sweet and it was like my first time kind of playing at like an actual like like just iced out football field, I would say. <laughs> like the meadows and stuff is cool. Kids but Tom, days. I mean these fields were these fields were unreal. They were. They were. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um but yeah. Eagles get the game one win from the Dallas walk-off. Off the pesky pole. Off the pesky pole. Once again, you just can't script these things, man. Yeah. I mean, Fenway Park is known for the green monster, the history, and the pesky pole in right field. And Dallas boinks <laughs> one right off the bottom. Um, Dan comes home. Nice little celebration. I will say, I thought I had a pretty electric call there at the end of the game. I was sloppy overall in this series, but I thought I had a pretty electric call there. And uh, then they had a guy on a loudspeaker who just like came in and stole my thunder. <laughs> so I just like stopped talking for a second and let him... Yeah. Take over. And that's probably like a solid 30 seconds to a minute. I came back and Kyle shortened that time frame. But um, yeah, I was like, I'm just going to film and let the moment speak here. Sometimes so. that's the best thing that broadcasters can for do sure. is just sure. not say anything mm-hmm. and just let the let the moment speak for itself. But the moment had a speaker or two. So but that cool. was really cool, though, to hear. <laughs> yeah, like in the cool. video, I was like, oh, that was cool. I got to give those guys a shout out. There was a couple guys who were alternating on the microphone. There's only a microphone at Little Fenway, like I said, but they were sort of not much giving play-by-play of the games, but sort of just doing some back-and-forth banter and commenting on things that were happening, funny moments, cool moments. Um, 
shouting out things for the silent auction and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, they did a great job. They both had great broadcasting voices, kept it entertaining, I thought. So, yeah, you heard them chime in there at the end of our game, too. But overall, a uh, good start to the weekend. Once again, you can't ask for much more than a walk-off. And that yeah. capped off our night one. We did play our first tournament game that night at Little Wrigley. I had a bomb. It was sick. <laughs> nice. Um, pretty electric, honestly. I could probably roll a clip. It was on our Instagram story. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, overall, good day one. We flew in that morning, so it was a long day for sure. Landon, oh, Landon, you guys at my parents' house were just, <laughs> you guys were just so much. I had my poor parents, they said Rascals. yes. Yeah, they said yes, which was so nice of them. But So we left on a Friday, so Kyle was at this, our wiffle ball house, editing. At the Mecca. At the Mecca. So then at my parents' house, I slept on the couch, and then we had over Landon, Carson, Jackson, Dallas and Blade, wow! All of them, and our flight left at I want to say six fifteen in the morning. Smelly basement. So I had them upstairs. I just said, "You guys go up there and be quiet, please." But they were slamming doors and taking showers at two in the morning. I think I slept from one thirty until three fifteen that day. Oh my! So we had to get up at three fifteen. We had to leave for the airport at four fifteen. So it was just it was a tough day. That was a long day. We got through. Well worth it. I appreciated them all coming over early and whatnot. So yeah, well worth it. It was fun. Well worth it for Landon, too, to come in there, game two, and get hit a bomb. Yeah, game two, little Wrigley, this is day two now. Little uniform swap, Oh, change the colors. We should talk pants. We should. What did you Let's think? Let's talk pants. I wanna... Landon, what did you think about the pants? Honestly, that was the first time I've worn baseball pants in probably like two or three years. So I kind of liked it. And I thought they looked pretty good with the socks and, you know, the stirrups and stuff. So I thought I thought they were pretty good. I want, I want to hear a comment from you first. I have never played baseball mm-hmm. or worn a baseball uniform. Um, I really want to, though, especially Dude. after watching this video. A lot I of really play, want some A lot pants. of players complain because, yeah, they're spoiled and they're used to wearing shorts to the field, but I'm used to baseball. It's like I wouldn't bother me too much. I will say I was stressing out about the – so for day two, we had – day one was Eagles white on white, Wildcats purple on gray, mm-hmm. and then – we kept them with the same pants, same belt, same stirrup for the second day, but they changed jerseys. So the Eagles were now blue shirt, white shirt, white pants, and the Cats were white jersey with purple pinstripes and gray pants. And I was like, I don't know if it's going to play very well. Mm-hmm. But I looked around. I couldn't find anything. I found some pants that were with black pinstripes. I'm like, that's going to look whack if they have two different no. pinstripes. And I couldn't find any purple pinstripe pants. Um, so 
I did see like pictures of youth baseball teams wearing white on gray. Kind of a no-no for like pro baseball. It doesn't usually happen. Usually it's yeah. gray on gray or white on white or a color on gray. But typically in baseball, the home team's wearing a white pant and the away team's wearing a gray pant. So anyways, my, me and my head was like, I don't know if that's going to play well. But so I did try on at one point. You guys, there's a rare photo somewhere probably of me. Um, a mirror selfie. I was wearing like Austin Ford's white pinstripe <laughs> jersey and the gray pants and the cat's hat, seeing if it would work. And I was like, it looks all right. Did you even notice that or not really? I thought it looked fine. Yeah, I, I, I thought the gray. I looked figured good. most people would look fine. Yeah. I think it looked fine. Yeah. But what, what were they? Uh, I feel like the number one complaint would just be that they're too hot. Do you think the pants were too hot, Landon? I don't think it was that hot outside, luckily. Yeah. It wasn't like, it wasn't incredibly hot. Series. It wasn't St. Louis. Yeah. The two games we played the second day were at like night too, mm-hmm. so they weren't really. Maybe with like the rain, it was almost even better that you guys had. The rain cooled on. it off for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My poor shoes. I needed boots, but I was in shorts. I wasn't. I don't remember being cold. I was just wet, of course, and it was just a pain. I think part of the reason I had so many slip ups when announcing, and I didn't have that many, but there was a couple times where Kyle had to put like a thing on the screen and things oh, like Wrigley. that. Yeah, yeah, that was a screw up for sure. Um, I was also like holding the umbrella the entire time up high. I was trying to get both the camera and the pocket radar the entire time. So I was alternating arms holding this umbrella <laughs> during the entirety of games two Probably and three. So sore. Yeah, it was. I mean, luckily because you're focused on something else, so like, yeah, it it's not like only like your shoulders just hurting, but it wasn't easy. And this is one more thing to worry about, you know. So that didn't help my cause at all. But <laughs> um, overall, game two definitely highlighted by the Landon home run. Pearson uh, got wild quick. Yeah, I think he walked five guys in that first inning, only got two outs, four of those five guys scored, so not the start you want for the Wildcats, and they needed a win at this point still, too. So I think it's, I think it's something to definitely take note of uh, going into the playoffs because, um, you know, Kyle's obviously always been the Wildcats ace, and going in, you know, in, in, playoff, um, in playoff series, there's obviously not that inning limit. So sometimes pitching depth isn't as big of a concern mm-hmm. in the playoffs, but we even saw Kyle struggling at times to locate yeah. this series, and and maybe that was due to the conditions, conditions like you mentioned. Definitely didn't help. Um, but I think that lack of that lack of that known second guy for the Wildcats um, could be something to watch, something of concern. Yeah, I kind of thought they had one in Pearson, and this one was a bit of a second guesser. It's probably not great for a pitcher's confidence either. The outing before your postseason outing to go out there and not be able to find the zone. Mm-hmm. Kyle did pitch great, I thought, but I um, mean, Kyle is like you. He's done it for so long. You you expect him to yeah. come back yeah. in the next series, you know, with some better conditions and and do what he does. But yeah, Sailor came in and cleaned up that first inning a little bit, and then threw decent the rest of the way. Although Landon, once again, you homered off him. Mm-hmm. That was the first home run at uh, the Wrigley Field for MLW guys, because in the last year's series, nice. we had one home run at Field of Dreams, which was Michael Shima. At Fenway, both Norp, Flynn, and Durand all home run at Fenway. There were some bombs. And then this year, it was just you with the lone bomb at Wrigley. I'm sure that felt pretty good. Oh, yeah. Once again, I thought I had a pretty good call there, too. Pretty electric, I thought. It was electric. Pretty electric? Yeah, mm-hmm. good. Um, on the other side of the ball, on the mound, Blade Walker, not the best name for a pitcher, but he's been pitching pretty good. Yeah, I For mean, a guy with the last name of Walker, he got he got the job done. I think he's undefeated on the year. He's undefeated. Um, he does walk a lot of guys, he, <laughs> ironically, but yeah, <laughs> but he keeps them stranded somehow. He strands them. He finds a way, man. He finds a way. It's it's almost uh, reminiscent a little bit of some of 
Barron's moments last year where there mm-hmm. just would be guys on base at and yeah. he'd just lock it down, you know? Yeah. Um Blade seems to just be finding his way out of a corner. It seems like every inning almost. But yeah, he's, Arsenal's... he's he's hanging in there and he, he it seems like he you know, he likes the likes the slide piece, but um has a few different pitches to go to. He was mixing in a little drop there at That's times. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, his Arsenal's not super dynamic, but great for a number two arm. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, he's a little bit wild, but he does tend to strand the guys. He pulls it together when he needs to the most. He does rock that overhand drop ball. Oh, it's pretty common amongst the young guys, I feel like. Trey Flood is a similar pitch. Um, there's others, too. Dallas kind of has it. Dallas is more of a sidearm, but same type of thing. Yeah. Pearson has a pitch like that. Fails that over-the-top drop ball. He mixes in a slider and a riser, but, um, yeah, he's 3-0 on the year. His ERA is only 1.38. He's got 28 strikeouts in 13 innings. I think his whip is just over two. That's because of the walks, once again. But overall, he's been... Uh, and, and for the fans that might not know... For the fans only. Who for the might fans know, that might not know what um, whip means. Yeah, I'll tell them. I'll tell them. I'll do, I'll do us a favor. Mm-hmm. Uh, whip is walks and hits per inning pitched. So mm. it takes into account both walks and hits. Gotcha. But... Um, He's been all you can ask for in a number two, especially when Daniel Schultz was supposed to be that guy coming into the year. Yeah. And Dan has not been that guy. He's been the opposite of that has guy. Has not. You almost want to, I could almost shed a tear thinking about Dan's season. I feel real bad for Dan. <laughs> I feel real bad. Um, I know he isn't, you know, isn't pleased with where he, where his game has been so far this year. Um, game three, obviously pretty meaningless for the wild or uh, excuse me meaningless meaningless for the eagles yeah, yeah it was big for the wildcats um so pretty good opportunity for him to go in there um see if he could you know dial in a little bit get some good reps but just didn't have it Not again good reps didn't have it once again nope unfortunately uh it was a tough one to watch especially because we just waited like an hour and a half to play after a big rain delay and they untarped the field for us and some fans stuck around and then we start the game dan takes the hill and just not a lot of noise. Not a lot of balls hitting metal. Just, just ball into dirt, ball into yeah. net, ball to the backstop. Nothing was hitting the metal for him. He may have thrown two strikes, guys. He didn't He didn't pitch very well, but um, I think he had a pretty solid day hitting. And I think he's, you know, making a good case for, for being in the running of manager of the year. You know, like he's... Um, he's turned it around. He's turned, he's turned it around. Uh in the playoffs, there they got a chance against the Wildbacks, the Eagles. Uh, Landon, Wildbacks. What did I say? Wildbacks. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> did I say? Wild, we're gonna have to cut that. No, uh, then it's funny. <laughs> uh, the Diamondbacks. Excuse me. Um, it's been a long day. Been a long day. It's a Monday. It's a Monday. But the Lions. It's won, always so it's a Monday. A little bit easier today. Just a little bit easier. I was going to lead into a question uh, for Landon. What has it been like playing for Dan as manager um, overall this year? Yeah. What is Dan's management style? I don't even know. You know, what I think Dan has done very well this year, he's given everyone, I think, a fair opportunity. And he's kind of understood that he's not hitting as well as, you know, Dallas or Zach anymore. So he's moved himself down in the lineup, which no offense to him, but I feel like that's helped our team, given, you know, our better players more of a chance. And then it's kind of the same thing pitching, too. You know, he's not thrown – he hasn't thrown good this year at all. But then he's put Bladen and Blades on awesome, so – I think just stepping down as a role almost as a player has helped our team out uh, tremendously. It's it's kind of interesting. It's it's almost a theme. It uh, is throughout MLW. I mean, except for Kyle Schultz, he's the. Anomaly. I was gonna say he's almost the lone. I mean, Ryan Cratch co-manager, but yeah, he's uh, 
uh, Kyle's really the lone guy who's still sort of the the true face of mm-hmm. his team. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Even even a guy like Drew, who was the face of the Cobras for so long, has has taken a step back in terms of how much he's pitching. He's still obviously a tremendous batter, but um, he he's not pitching as much. Obviously, Tommy, uh, not much of a force <laughs> on the mound anymore, unfortunately. So it's interesting to see. I mean, it's definitely it's a tough spot to be in, right? When you were always always the guy to not to not be that guy anymore. So I think Dan's done a good job handling that. I think so too, and it seems like he's in very positive spirits about it as well. Like he's having fun with himself even when he's struggling. Maybe not so much in Detroit for that first day, but like in Vermont, you know, he walks himself off the mound. Like, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, that'll do. That'll it. do it. So, um, Landon, I'm going to ask you about the pitching conditions in a second because you actually did pitch in this inning. Um, but the first inning was was a historically bad one. It was nine batters, <laughs> nine plate appearances, nine walks. So every batter that stepped into the box for the Wildcats was walked. Six runs in, zero outs recorded, courtesy of Dan Schultz and Landon. But how bad were the conditions, given the rain that was falling, the lightning, the ball, throwing uphill? Like, how bad actually was it for you? Well, I'd like to say, I think I'm washed up on the mound now, uh, too. I had one good big toe last thing. Year. I mean, no big toe. I mean, and I will say, when I first got back from my injury, I didn't pitch at all. I was like, yeah, we got Dallas and Blade who are each throwing the ball great. I'm not even going to see the mound. So I honestly haven't really thrown a ball at all this year. Hmm. Um, but I've pitched horrible and the conditions didn't help, you know, slippery ball can throw it too well, you know, uphill in the dark, rainy. I mean, it just wasn't a pitcher's day. Agreed. It's a lonely, lonely place out there. It was lonely. It was oh, quiet yeah. and lonely. And uh, thank it God. was eerily quiet in that, in that last game. Well, because there were so many people there that were there at little Fenway and then at little Wrigley. And then once again, like the weather was bad, bad, right? Like, severe weather, thunderstorms type thing. So they kind of forced everybody out. And some people, like, drove away and then parked and then came back in. But it was very late at night, too. So people had younger kids with them. It was kind of mm-hmm. time to go. So we only yeah. probably had about 20 fans in attendance for that last game, I'd say, 2025. Yeah. So a much thinner crowd. We, talk, we talked about it earlier on the podcast, but the lightning was pretty sick. It was cool. It, it was, was cool. Yeah. Last year we had the coyotes howling. This year we had the lightning. So we couldn't really hear anything because the thunder was too loud. But um, Very cool. But it worked out well. We did have to wait out the storm. It got very windy, but luckily they have those tarps. So the fields weren't in too, too bad of shape. And then we helped them retarp the field as soon as the game wrapped up. And at that point, my shoes were so far gone. But I remember he's like, he's like, if you guys are wearing cleats, like change them. You're going to get wet. Be prepared. You're going to get wet. And I was like, I am soaked. Doesn't I was like, matter. it does not matter. My feet are gone. They Doesn't are so matter. gone. But thank goodness for the nearby Walmart. Got myself a nice pair of gray shoes. A nice kicks. I'm telling you guys. I'm telling you guys. I got a hoodie too. I actually like the hoodie a lot because I didn't. I didn't bring a hoodie on the tri- on the trip either, and I was cold on the plane on the way there. Turns out I was hot on the way back, so I didn't need the nice. hoodie. But I actually like the hoodie. It's kind of like a teal green, plain unbranded hoodie. It was like fifteen bucks. I Perfect. Like, I like it. Perfect. I've been wearing it. <laughs> steel. Absolute steel. We but, should. Uh, we should give um, Nick Saylor some credit. Another great mic'd up session for the kid. It's never a dull moment. <laughs> never He's dull, mic'd, man. I think he did a good job, though, just emphasizing the the points in the video of, you know, what that series really meant, um, mm-hmm. kind of the bigger bigger picture behind what we were doing there, uh, our association with Slam T1D. And, you know, he just had a couple comments about um, ultimately just 
you know, trying to make the make the world a better place. And it's it's pretty funny. Like all time quotes. It, it 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 is a funny quote. Um, but at the same time, I think it's it is cool that we are, you know, blessed enough to like have the opportunity to be a part of something like that. Yeah. Pretty cool. And like I said, when I got home from that trip and I don't know which podcast it was in real time, probably about a month and a half ago now, but just talking about how we would love to do more stuff like that. You know, yeah. So that'd be like a goal one day would be to do have more resources, more time, more people that could support things like this. Cause like I get DM sometime like, yo, I'm, um, you know, I'm 11 years old and I set up this ch- tournament to raise money in my hometown in Pennsylvania. Like I'd love for you guys to come and yeah, I would love to be there, but we're just not quite there yet in terms of, I can only be so many places at once, you know what right. I mean? So just doing at least something like this where we can do it and highlight it and make a big impact on some people's lives. I know it's pretty special for, Jimmy and Trey, who were both yep. out there with us, and all of our viewers too, who are affected by it, or have children that are affected by it, and that sort of thing. So, definitely feel privileged that the opportunity presented itself, and that happens to line up with football so beautifully. Yeah, there's really no better situation to uh, for us to do some good. It's amazing. Yeah, it really is. It is, and that was a, you know, we tried to keep it pretty raw in between games two and three, or one and two, when Jeff gave that speech and brought out all those affected that were at the event. And just talked about the realities of the disease. I mean, it does hit you because I, you know, we've all been around NORP for so many years and a couple of years now for Trey. And, you know, you forget just how easy a lot of us have it in our day-to-day lives compared to some people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I remember uh, some of us, they were, you know how he was like point to your devices that are supporting you. I forget what they're called. I apologize. But devices that are giving them insulin every day. And both Jimmy's and Trey's are like on their butt, so they couldn't actually yeah. show them. They both kind of like pointed to their yeah, butt cheek. I saw that. That was and, pretty funny. Uh, but they had Sharpies around, so you could like draw a fake device in yourself to show support. So like I had a big old circle on my tricep, and I was like, Jim, look. And he's Very like, cool. What is that? I was like, it's to support. But um, yeah, it's it's just cool. And a lot of people there, as you saw, a lot of teams. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people that were there that were T1Ders who were affected by it. So I think. Them also having each other is cool. I know it was cool for Jimmy and Trey last year to meet some people that were also affected by it and to have that extra support that, you know, once again, when we're there at the Meadows and Jim quickly pulls himself aside to get, you know, a drink of soda or whatever, like you don't think twice about it, but that's mm-hmm. the reality for people. So um, we stand with them. We support them. Absolutely. Crazy. I think uh, it's just sports are just so cool in that way. You yeah. Know? Like a lot of... Uh, you know, some people who aren't aren't big sports fans might um, look down on those who like spend a lot of time either playing sports or just like following sports. But ultimately, uh, this is the kind of stuff that just makes sports really cool. Like being able to to bring people together like that, mm-hmm. um, put on an event like that, and just feel that like sense of community. Mm-hmm. You know, it's tough to get in other spots. Landon, you've been acquaintances, friends with Trey for quite some time now, right? Yeah. We, we talked to him uh, on this podcast after last year's event, I think. I think he was the guest that we had on. But uh, what did you hear from him throughout the weekend, and how do you think he felt about everything going on? You know, this this type of stuff helps him, like, open up about it more. Um, I've known him since probably, I don't know, 2019, 2020, around then. And I know how it's always affected him, and he's always talked to me about it. But, you know, when we're out in public and stuff, you know, he tries to keep it private. Now mm-hmm. he's more, you know, open to opening up, you know. That's cool. It's good to hear. Yeah, I, I think mean, that's I, good. It's hard because I really can't 
relate. Like, I don't know what it's like to deal with on a day-to-day basis, but all you can do is offer a helping hand and show support. And I think uh, Jimmy and Trey both felt that way after last weekend. Or I mean, last weekend's video, I should say. Yeah. It seems like, you know, one of the just overarching goals of the organization is just to like continue to raise awareness and mm-hmm. also be like accepting about, you know, being open about yeah. it. Right. And allowing people, giving people a platform to, to share their struggles and ultimately be able to get that support mm-hmm. from people. So I think the more we just continue to work with them and continue to raise awareness, the better. Yeah. I will say too, for those listening is there is a charity or a cause that um, you've supported or you would like to see you supported more of, whether it affects you or a family member or something that means a lot to you. Let us know. I mean, you never know. Yeah. Something may work out and, uh, we can always try to do our best to help. So let us know in the comments below, but appreciate that. Um, and I appreciate everyone who's showing support in the comments about for both Jimmy and Trey and for all those affected. So on that note, let's get to this week's comment of the week. And this is right along those same lines. And this person says, love the jerseys, love the soundtrack for the games, love the collab with Slam T1D. As a father of a type 1 diabetic son, it's close to my heart. Really enjoyed this one as I do with all the videos. Can't wait till the playoffs. And it's just, it's cool. It's cool to see. Right on. Because I'm sure, once again, and I noticed that last year with last year's video, how they were people were surprised that we were supporting that specific disease and charity, and they were surprised to hear that Jimmy and Trey both had type 1 diabetes. So when you see others affected, I think it um, makes you realize just how present it is in today's day and age. No doubt. No doubt. But Landon, overall, you guys are going to the ploffs now. Um, you got the D-backs in the NLDS. The Wildbacks. Wildbacks in the NLDS. A little bit of a revenge tour for you guys, huh? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I've been in the league since last year, and we have not beat Jimmy one time. You have not beat Jimmy one time. Well, Not in a game? They, well, we've they, won a game against them, but never a series. Uh, we mm. lost all three games this year, and then last year we went um, one and two against them in both the regular season and the playoffs. So it'll be interesting to see if we can finally um, get, some, get some runs across against Jim and shut it down. This is what I want to say, Jack. This is something that I didn't say. I don't think I mentioned the specific comment in next week's playoff preview podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen since Dallas Allen sort of became Dallas Allen, since he became the ace, I feel like we've seen two different Eagles teams. We saw last year's first half squad, which was 8-1, and one, dominant. Best yeah. team in the league. No, yep. one was, no one was beating them in that time frame. Nope. Then in the second half, Jonah Heath hit the home run off of Dallas. It was a walk-off, come from behind. And ever since then... It was bad news for the Eagles. They lost that series to the D-backs. They lost the series, I think, to the Preds. They lost to the D-backs again in the playoffs. They start this year off by losing to us, swept by the D-backs, and then they beat the Cobras. And now it seems like they're playing like the 8-1 and one team again a little bit after mm-hmm. beating the Cobras team because they did that. Then they beat the Gators pretty handily, and now they beat the Wildcats. They're kind of getting back on track here a little bit. And same roster besides Carson. We've, once again, we've seen flashes of greatness. And Landon's healthy now, and I just feel like this team is a little bit more dangerous than people might give him credit for, based on what I just said. Do you think that the uh, struggles against the Wildbacks in the past, um, do you think that's a like a matchup thing, or do you think it's just really kind of just you know a game of inches and it, and it fell that way for you guys in the past, but not necessarily indicative of what might happen in the future? 
Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. I think Jimmy has – I mean, Jimmy's a great player, obviously. He's, like, one of the best pitchers in the league, won MVP, back-to-back World Series. So I think any team that uh, he's playing against, um, I think that's just obviously matchup base. You know, he can go out and, like, shove, throw a perfect game, no hit or whatever, any time to get, him, get his team a win. But um, it's also a game of inches, too. I mean, last year in the regular season, it was that Jonah Heath home run that mm-hmm. lost us that series. Um, in Detroit this year, it was a one to nothing game. I think in game two, and then game one was two to nothing from a home run from um, Pishka. The big Pish. So both of those games, you know, those are just tight games that it just sucks losing those. That's just one swing of the bat. Yep. And then in the playoffs last year, I believe we won the first game one zero, mm-hmm. and then games two and three, it was both just kind of a train wreck. Kind of, we started out really hot in the second game, and then after. I think we got three runs in the first inning or two, and then after that, it's just slowly downhill. So I feel like there's a ton of little factors that go into stuff like that. And um, I think it's a little bit both, matchup dependent, and then it's just a couple, you know, bounces that go this way or that way that cause you guys to lose, like, a series like that. For sure. It makes sense. Do you think that we'll see Blade Walker on the mound in the playoffs, Landon, based on what you've heard from Dan, you guys talking about that prior to the playoffs? Um, we definitely could. I know Dallas's shoulder's been better, and we've kind of been limiting him a little bit. He threw two games against the Cobras, but he has only thrown one against both the Gators and the Wildcats. Mm-hmm. And then in all the appearances that Dallas has thrown, he's looked awesome. And then Blades looked awesome, too. So it wouldn't surprise me if we go, like, game one, we're obviously going to go with Dallas. But whether we win or lose that game, we could go with Blade just to give teams a different look, kind of a different arm slot and some different movement. Okay. Uh, I think both of them have thrown well to the point where, yeah, we can throw them out in a playoff game and still win that game. I just know last year they went all Dallas. A lot of teams rode with one guy last year, which mm-hmm. is pretty interesting to see because in 2021 we saw a lot more alternating, I think. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how bullpens are managed uh, this postseason by both the Eagles and company. But wish you guys the best of luck. Um, i got to play either you or the D-backs. So uh, we'll see what happens. I'll be watching that series very closely. I'll be taking my notes, Landon. I'll be taking my notes. <laughs> We want it. All we right, want it this year. But uh, real quick before we wrap up, Jack, uh, did you see the old uh, Tops trading cards that came out too? I did. This was. It looked really cool. I honestly have no idea what that collection is. I, if you could tell, I some wish I had. Who might not know. Yeah, I wish I had more information on it. But for those of you who do not follow MLW on Instagram, I'm sure you do. But um, both Kyle Schultz and myself are featured in this year's Tops Allen and Ginter set. Is what it's called. And I'm not a trading card guru. I'll say that right now. But some people I know are a little bit into it, into the hobby. And from what I know, Tops does a lot of sets throughout the years. You know, yep. they're major league baseball series. Is you know, series one, two, series two, series three, whatever it is. A couple different variations for each athlete. They do them for other sports besides baseball too. But the Allen and Ginter set is geared towards baseball mostly. I think most of the athletes featured are baseball players, like MLB current players. But it's also a very much a like a special set or a niche set where they include a lot of other things too, such as celebrities, influencers. There's nature aspects included, like animals and like landmarks. There's food cards. There's just so many different hmm. odd inserts. In Limited these packs. edition. Yeah, there's. It's just I don't know. From what I've heard, Tops is a couple different like interesting non traditional sets every year, and this is one of the more popular ones, Allen and Ginter. So this year, like Kevin Hart has a card. Little baby has a card. We have cards. That's um, so there's cool. some comedians that have cards. I think Ian Rappaport has a card. 
Um, so just things like that. There's some female athletes that have cards, as well as like Shohei Otani has a card. And a lot of big MLB stars have cards. Some retired MLB guys have cards. So yeah, we got an email like last spring, spring of 2022, that offered Kyle and I a spot in it in last year's set. And then we kind of signed the contacts for that. And then we got an email back like, hey, due to timing, can't happen. However, we'd love to have you guys on for next year's set if you're still interested. And we can lock that in right now. And we're like, yeah, that's fine. So, um, yeah, that'll do. Yeah, that'll do it. So we, uh, we uh, signed on for that last year, and then we're in contact with our reps. Tops has like a company that do- handles this stuff for them. And so it's, what happens is, yes, our we have cards that are in there that are not signed, mm-hmm. but both Kyle and I received, I think it was six hundred cards. So this I can I can validate that Tops autographs are real because we were mailed um, six hundred trading cards, and then one by one we had to sit there and sign them all, and then wow. ship and then ship them back. So. If anyone pulls one of our autograph cards, I promise you that they were signed in this house. That's really cool. Good for you guys. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, definitely like a bucket list thing. Have I a was, top trading card. I was gonna say, man. Um, I got some nice text messages from a lot of like old baseball teammates, old friends I hadn't talked to in a long time, so that was nice. But yeah, it's cool. I don't want to take away any thunder from Patley Cards, of course, our official MLW card supplier. Yeah, but this was still pretty cool too. Very cool. That's awesome. Congratulations to you guys. Once again, I don't know all the details about that. Um, I will say that you can get them on the Topps website right now. They only sell them by Hobby Box right now. So that means like you've got to spend like 140 bucks to get like a bunch of cards. Like you'll probably get one of ours if you do buy one of those things. But I don't think you can buy individual packs yet. You can't just buy our cards individually unless you hit eBay. There is some on there listed. Mm. However, I will say I don't make any promises, but we are supposed to be sent cards um, like for promotional pur- purposes, like I'll give you one or ML- other MLW guys one. And depending on how many I get, I will offer some to some of my loyal MLW fans. I'll do like an Instagram nice. story or something. So be on the lookout. I got a lot of family members, friends, players who want them. So we'll see what I get. But if it's like in the hundreds, then I'll try to divvy some out to some fans too. We'll see. Very cool, dude. But yeah, that's, thank you to Tops awesome. for the, the shout out and the reach out. And of course, we were happy to accept. So that's cool. Unreal. Yeah, unreal. Unreal stuff, but uh, I think we're we're good to wrap, Jack. Landon, how you feeling? Anything else you wanted to say? Oh, uh, not too much here, Tom. Not too much here. Nothing too much coming here from Bay City. All right, yeah. Well, you take care of that toe. Make sure you're ready for the playoffs. And uh, besides that, thank you again, Landon. Thank you, Jack, for coming over. Thanks, Lando. Yep, no problem, guys. Thank you to the fans for tuning in. Carson, your guidance nearly lost his boarding pass at the airport in Vermont. And we'll see you all next week. <laughs> Pop it up, 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 pop it up.